0: everyone and welcome back to another episode of Spinning the Reel. I am your host, Evan.
1: And I'm your other host, Zach. That feels weird to <laughs> yeah. say yeah no it's <laughs> <That's> uh, <huge. laughs> it's a new uh, brave new world for us all yeah, here. Um, worked that one probably pr- probably probably <laughs> should have worked that out in the pre-show. And <laughs> hey, you know
0: Cody's always right on it Zach so I expect you to get to that level and I expect all of his normal flourishes.
1: Alright I'll have to live up to his charisma.
0: That's, that's right. That's right. Um, Cody, we love you. And we know you're probably not listening to this, but that's okay. Um, we have an exciting show this week uh, as we're back after uh, a quick break from last week, we are talking about this week, a big highly anticipated sequel, something thrilling it captures, uh, cinematically captures speed and shirtless volleyball, we are talking, of course, about Sonic the Hedgehog 2. <laughs> no, of course not. We're talking about Top Gun Maverick. Uh, that's going to be our big segment
1: um, this week. And then what, what else do we have, Zach? Uh, and then we're going to do some kind of like a mid-year highlight thing, talk about some things that we've seen our best and worst so far and maybe something we're looking forward to. Well, that sounds exciting to me. So
0: let's not deprive the people of it any longer. All right, Zach, we are going to start off here with uh, the biggest movie of the last couple of weeks here, and one of the biggest movies of the year, uh, Top Gun Maverick. Do you want to uh, clue the people in on what Top Gun Maverick is?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, so Top Gun Maverick is the long-awaited sequel of the original uh, 80s film, Top Gun, uh, starring Tom Cruise. Um, who in the original was a student of Top Gun, uh, weapons school, flight school. Um, and in this iteration, he's now instructor for a unique mission that only he has the special set of, set of skills to, to, to teach, you know, and so he has a group of young pilots that he is mentoring. And then in the mix is. The son of his late best friend uh Goose. Um his name's Rooster. Yep. Played by Miles Teller. Mm-hmm. Uh and it's the story of of this this mission. It's pretty good.
0: Yeah. Solid solid recap. Now remind me, is Miles Teller problematic? I feel like I have some recollection of Miles Teller being problematic. All white men are
1: problematic. <laughs> I can't remember why, but I just have this thought in the back of my head. I mean, um, he started he started out on what, like Project X, maybe, and then he. I, I mean, he got famous he like from Whiplash, right? Before, yeah, I think Whiplash is probably his biggest feature so far, other than maybe this. He did War, war Dogs. Stars. Come
0: on, let's not let's not that, that's slander
1: Ray. War Dogs. Wait, that's, he's. I he's, thought that was no, that's Todd I, Phillips. Um, Todd Phillips, the other yeah. the other guy. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's not problematic at all. Um, anyway, yes, Top Gun Maverick. So, how? Uh, what are your feelings about the original Top Gun? Before we get into uh, Maverick,
1: I think you know the original Top Gun is fine. Uh, mm-hmm. Not something that I would, you know, put on myself for the most part. the The action and stuff is cool, um, and of course, like the the technical aspects of the filmmaking, like you know, the the jets and all that. That's that's fucking cool. Uh, but it's super cheesy. It's just like it is yeah, very cheesy. 80s, 80s cheese, homoerotic. Um, just <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's it's it lays it on thick, man. And I just I don't really buy the romance between him and the instructor. Um, I don't fine. know, man. Tom Cruise movie. has like
0: a just a copious amount of charm in that yeah. movie
1: specifically.
0: I I mean I think it's eroded a bit as he's gotten older. And, you know, become heavily involved in Scientology and only does like Mission Impossible movies now. Like that charm factor has been replaced with like the I'm going to do all these dangerous stunts myself and that's my gimmick. But, you know, back in the original Top Gun, you could you could understand why uh, someone would fall for him.
1: No, still, still a fun movie. I think I'm just like 50-50 on it because it's so, I cannot understate or overstate how cheesy it is. Like, it's very cheesy. Yeah. The dialogue, the music. It's, yeah, it's very cheesy.
0: Yeah. Goose speaks entirely in one-liners. It's, it's fantastic. Like, it's such a <laughs> goofy eighties movie, uh, to just an unbelievable degree. You, you watch that movie and you're just like, this was the eighties. And that's, that's awesome. It's, it's fun to watch. Um, this movie is very much not that. It, like, really the only thing visually and, and tone-wise that it carries over is the strapping of cameras onto, uh, fighter jets. Like, that is the only thing that, that connects these two movies, I feel like, in terms of visual style. Well, um, I mean, there's
1: also, like, the iconic, you know, the bomber jacket, the motorcycle. Sh- sure. Yeah. Off the top, the, the shirtless sports on the beach.
0: Exactly. I mean, there's, there's definitely homages to the original movie and, and direct references. Um, in a lot more places than it, it likes to point out so like for example the love interest in this movie um, is actually mentioned just offhand in the first Top Gun movie um, but never seen on screen or anything like that but if you didn't know that you wouldn't have to like you wouldn't have to know that to understand the dynamic between the two characters in the new movie but like that's just an example of This movie is interested in bringing the nostalgia along with it, but isn't interested in wasting its time on it. And I think that makes it it fun uh, to a degree. And and they're going for a different kind of entertaining here. This is more of a pure action movie. uh, And it's, I don't know, I had a good time with it. What did you think of uh, Top Gun Maverick?
1: Yeah, I thought it was great. And I think that that's a pretty um, succinct summary of it, uh, that it is very much like a spiritual successor, but it doesn't kind of well in the same areas that the original did um it's very you know streamlined it spends about i don't know maybe the first 25 minutes re reintegrating you into this world of of top gun and then it's yeah it's right into the action and pretty much doesn't doesn't really slow down from there mm-hmm. um <clears throat> but yeah no i had a really good time in the theater it was it was awesome and it was packed it was a, you know
0: yeah, that's another good point. So we'll go to movies once a week, once every other week or something like that. And I don't know that I've ever seen the theater as busy as when we went to see Top Gun. I mean, we were sitting in the next to the front row, I want to say. Um, when we showed up, there was a line like out the door to buy tickets for Top Gun, which was screening every 20, 30 minutes on Memorial Day. And it was just, uh, did
1: go on Memorial Day. yeah, like, it's just kind of wild. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. That that this movie is the one that seems to have broken through. And I don't know if that's uh, attributable to, you know, Tom Cruise being sort of one of the last remaining movie stars. If it's just pure nostalgia for a movie that came out, uh, when a lot of older people now were children or, or younger, um, or man, it was just a movie about the United States and it was Memorial Day and people were like, I gotta celebrate America by watching
1: Top Gun. I I don't know what the answer is. Was it you was it you that said this this is like the last bipartisan film or something like that? Did you lift that from somewhere? Oh, I didn't know.
0: I didn't I don't remember I don't saying that, that, but I
1: heard that somewhere offhand, maybe just like a, a stupid tweet or something. But I, like...
0: you know, I've seen so many <laughs> tweets about this movie that's like, oh, the reason Top Gun is uh is successful is because it's anti-woke and i'm like it it's this movie much like aggressively does not take a stand one way or another like yeah. it's just
1: like we want to fly planes fast i mean it tacitly supports of you know, course foreign policy but yeah yeah there's, you know the antagonists the uh, there's no the nation that that this mission is against is like goes unnamed he, yeah. right exactly they're just referred to as the enemy there's no
0: yeah, it, it, it takes very big steps to not, and, and I guess how, how could you, right? Because who, who are the United States's, uh, main global adversaries these days? I mean, are they fighting China in this movie? Maybe, but if you say that your movie can't play in China. Yeah. So like they just, part of it's out of necessity, but part of it, I think is, uh, is just this movie is just trying to be a four quadrant hit and, and not upset anybody. And that's, that's fine. You know, people want to watch planes fly fast and Tom Cruise do his thing, you
1: know? Yeah. And it's, it's very good at that. It's, it's uh, excellent in terms of craft, like, you know, unparalleled really. And Mm. there's a, there was a little like a quick featurette in the beginning where Tom Cruise comes out and says, (laughs) thanks for coming back to theaters. And he talks about how they did as much as they could practically. Right. Which is something that he like demands, you know, from, all of his his stunts. So, yeah, very cool uh, filmmaking stuff.
0: Right, yeah. And and the new additions to the the film as well. So, I mean, you have Tom Cruise returning. You have um, one of the other instructors, Warlock, right? And he was in the original movie um, as one of the students at Top Gun. You obviously have Val Kilmer uh, coming back for an emotional scene. We can talk about how that played uh, as well. But other than that, it's pretty much all new cast. I mean, um, I think Miles Teller was good. I think uh, uh, who was the uh, who was the equivalent of Iceman in this movie? It was uh, uh, Hangman, but I don't remember. His Hangman. Name. But what's his what's his name? his name? Glenn Powell. Glenn Powell is his name. That's right. Yeah, And he's he's great in that role, too. That's something that the original Top Gun did really well is make Tom Cruise the protagonist, but not necessarily make him as sympathetic as you would expect for a protagonist and just like a classic movie, he's kind of brash and he's a maverick. Uh, I mean, it lives up to the, to the name, but also like his adversaries are correct and not like villains per se. And this movie definitely doesn't really have a villain, uh, as much as uh, hangman is, is sort of adversarial to some of the other, uh, students, he's not necessarily a villain and he, he gets his moment to shine as well. Um, which is fun. Like, I think that's, that's cool. Like, I don't think you need to have direct conflict in a movie to make it interesting. And I think this is actually a good test case for that because this is like a big blockbuster movie that doesn't really have a face that is the bad guy. You know, I, maybe John Hamm's character is the closest you get to that. I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, it's kind of more like, um, yeah, you're right. There's no like direct villain. There's the nameless, the nameless nation of whatever that's trying to get nuclear capability. And then, yeah, most of the conflict is really between Maverick and Rooster. Exactly. The core of the film is like their relationship and, uh, them coming, like, you know, reforming their bond after uh, an old disagreement.
0: Yeah. What did you think of the, uh, return of Iceman of, uh, Val Kilmer's scene?
1: I thought it was pretty good. Um, it kind of like, it's not, uh, it's not very big, right? It's like very kind of like a, a small intimate moment. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's a lot of depth, especially when you think about going back to the first movie, like the, the implied relationship that they've had over the years between Top Gun and Top Gun Maverick feels very real. Like it does really, it does, you know, they capture the energy of like two old friends who haven't seen each other in a while, mm-hmm. um, coming together and kind of knowing that it's, it's their last opportunity to really communicate, to talk sure. on that level. And, uh, yeah, it's very, it's very, um, it's very like a, that's the word I'm looking for. It's like, um, it's heartwarming, you know? Yeah. A bit sad.
0: It is. It is. And I think, you touched on something interesting there in that it draws on the original movie to create this uh, this uh sort of feeling of, like you said, old friends coming together again. And this relationship that isn't ne- like it's not explicitly defined what has happened between them since then. It's not like they go through a montage of like their whole relationship between Top Gun and Top Gun Maverick but rather you can kind of infer, okay, this is sort of the way things have progressed from here. And a lot of the movie is that there's a lot of connections back to the original movie that aren't just, you know, sloppily placed in there, just like, Oh, let's put in this song because it was in the original movie. It's actually like sort of a a touching moment when rooster is playing great balls of fire at the beginning and and sort of playing that dynamic. So it, it's, one of the rare, like, blockbuster movies that – because I'm thinking now of, uh, say, like, Ghostbusters Afterlife, a movie that you love so much you have a, a commemorative popcorn <laughs> bucket. But that's a movie that was just, like, let's put as many just, like, direct references to Ghostbusters in it as we possibly can. Yeah, and rather and,
1: thoughtlessly, right? Yeah. Right.
0: Just so that way people can be like, oh, look, that's Muncher yeah. or whatever, so you know? Leonardo DiCaprio and the meme from exactly, you know, exactly. I'm su- I'm surprised the they didn't song. try and shove that one in there too. Um, but this movie ha- has very carefully taken those elements and turned them into something that I-, I don't know indicates more depth to the to the universe that this movie exists in. Uh, rather than just being like, oh, here's that thing you liked from the, the original movie. They use those things to actually deepen the characters and deepen the story. And I think that is something, it's a level of craft and care that you don't necessarily see in blockbuster movies and, and sequels these days. And I don't know if that's a Tom Cruise thing or if it's a, you know, Christopher McQuarrie kind of thing. Um, but those two seem to have figured out the formula between this and top Era and the last couple um, Mission Impossible movies to uh, to really kind of find that magic for finding some depth and something new out of uh, out of old franchises.
1: Yeah, I, I I very much agree actually, and I think that might be something that is going to go underappreciated about this movie is that it's very well written. Not not that it's like stellar writing or anything. I, sure, this should get best screenplay or something like that, but everything, it, nothing is thoughtlessly placed, like, mm-hmm. you, know, like, like you said about um, Ghostbusters. And everything is informed by character. Like, you know, it's every every decision that the characters make in the movie is like believable that that person would make that decision in that moment. And uh, just hearing you talk about it now, I definitely think that that's something that's probably going to go a little underappreciated about, about this one.
0: Yeah, and I, I think, Two, that's a good point you bring up because even for the students in Top Gun this time, I think there's actually some growth that you can see over the course of the movie, which is pretty cool because the movie's not even really about like Glenn Powell's character, but he grows a lot in the movie and he kind of learns to become a team player. And that's sort of central to the original Top Gun. Uh, and something they were able to port over the themes without making it feel necessarily redundant. Um, yeah, it's just, I, I don't know. It's cool to see that. Uh, I guess let's talk about the other side of things as well. So this movie is getting, uh, pretty much universal plaudits. I've, from what I've seen, I think the only criticism I've really seen of it is, uh, it's, you know, intense level of jingoism. Maybe, um, I read a, a review of someone that saw it at Cannes, uh, film festival and was pretty upset. About the fact that um, they played this movie that was essentially American jingoism at a film festival that was originated as like an anti fascist thing, which I actually didn't know the history of. Can that was actually kind of interesting. But as far as the movie goes, I, you know, you're just hearing, oh, this better get nominated for best picture and all this stuff, and I'm. Every time I see stuff like that, I'm just like, okay, let's let's hit the brakes a little bit. Like, okay, we got a good Blockbuster movie. That's great. That doesn't mean it's like the best movie we've ever seen. It just means that a little more care went into it than, you know, the next installment in the Marvel, you know
1: Yeah, we're conveyor belt or whatever, you know. The 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 general like movie going audience is definitely starved for a movie like this. Like
0: we've been existing on uh, morbius for so long yeah
1: yeah it's basically this and like mission impossible that's holding up you know the action movie blockbusters right now and then just a few kind of random things like that it was the angelina jolie one from last year and like mr nobody it's just
0: wait what was the uh, what was the angelina jolie movie what from last like, year it
1: was like they I can't, I can't remember the name of it but she's like trying to escape from these people uh dude, I don't I don't remember. Is that the like, one
0: where where she's like a HBO fire Max, jumper?
1: Right? Yeah, yeah. Something like yeah, that.
0: I can't remember what that movie was called either. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. either that or or you know, comic book movies. So sure. I think people are just this is kind of uh an exception and it, it seems exceptional when maybe in in the backdrop of like when more movies like this were being made regularly, it wouldn't be as exceptional. Not trying to take anything away from this movie necessarily, right? But there's, de- I think, that effect really can't be denied.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think this is a good movie for sure. I, I just think that some people are kind of going a little over the top with uh, how good it is. I mean, I, again, I had a good time with it, but uh, I, I don't know that I would say like this has got to be, this has got to be in the ten best movies of the year kind of thing. Like for me, it's, it's in the top ten now, but right, yeah, in you know, will power. it be? by the time the year ends the probably year. not
1: yeah um i think yeah i think i think you can't make a movie like this without it being propaganda <laughs> right you <laughs> have to have like, the military involved yeah. to just use the jets and yeah and you have to make it seem cool and yeah exactly you know the pentagon has to sign off on all this stuff um so that it doesn't cost an insane amount of money um and yeah like in a vacuum and thinking, like, entirely uncritically, this shit's just, like, cool as fuck, right? Like, yeah, the science and, and the engineering that goes into developing these machines that can fly at these speeds and all that stuff, and, yeah, all all that's super cool in a vacuum, but, yeah. in And they're actually in up in the
0: planes, like, you know? They're flying yeah, yeah. around at high speed. Like, it's just... It's crazy to watch that sort of practical effect, especially when you get so used to watching movies rendered entirely on green screens or blue screens. Um Which again, not to criticize the craft of like VFX artists and stuff, they do a fantastic job. And when those effects work, it's, it's really incredible. But I think there's just a difference when you are watching these F-18 jets flying through the air and just like ripping across the screen. It's just, it's a different level of realism and, and just Thrill to watch. It's it's a ton of fun.
1: Yeah, I think, I think you know, there's there's basically, it it both thinking about the, the like socio political and like mm-hmm. global politics lens, and looking at this movie, it's not good, <laughs> but sure, if you just turn your brain off and you want to watch people fly around in things that go insane speeds and like. It's fucking cool, you know. Yeah, and
0: I, it's always going to look bad if you're looking at this as like a and I think hundreds of millions of dollars spent yeah, making that, an ad for billion dollar jets that, you know, blow up people. That's yeah. it's it's never going to look good, but yeah. I mean, as far as an entertainment product, I guess. Yeah. I,
1: I, I don't know if, if you can remember. separate that out. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's important to remember, but I I don't know if I would if I would shame anyone for like enjoying this movie yeah of course not i i think
0: i don't know there's a long history of uh nationalism when it comes to uh to filmmaking in general um doesn't necessarily make it good doesn't mean the message behind this and this is like a very very pro-military movie which you might expect from you know the movie that it is but at least they took the the time to do it well i guess (laughs)
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know I how guess, else to put it. Like guess, th- like good filmmaking uh, as, are, as far as it goes. A <laughs> I don't know. Limp ending a little bit, but yeah, yeah, it's
0: it's a fun movie. Um do you wanna you wanna round it up? Yeah, I gave it a solid four. I was expecting you to do, you know, the roundup thing, but that's okay. Um I also gave it four stars. Um good movie. It's uh it's a lot of fun. All right, Zach, we are uh, just doing two segments today as we uh, wrapped up Top Gun just there. We are roughly halfway through uh, the year. We're getting close to at least the halfway point. And we thought it might be a good time to uh, look back a little bit on, you know, some of the, the best and some of the worst that we've, uh, we've seen this year. So we're going to do that. We're going to each pick a, a best and worst movie that we've seen so far. We're going to talk about some maybe underseen gems that we've not had the opportunity to talk about yet. And then uh, we're going to each pick something to uh, look forward to here. So this will all make more sense as we go through it. Uh, why don't we start off with the uh, best movie of the year so far? What do you have for us, Zach?
1: Easy. Um, everything, everywhere, all at once. No, no contest, number one, for sure.
0: And why is that? I know we we did a whole episode on it, but just we uh, you know, elevator pitch right now.
1: Yeah. Um it is a very like fresh and kind of original take on this multiverse craze that's happening right now. It is a very emotional story told in a wacky and just fun way. Um excellently uh, just excellent excellence all around it's good
0: it is very awesome. good
1: it is today is everything everywhere all at once day it's finally available on on demand if you haven't and, seen it there's no excuse now yeah you need to watch this one
0: yeah it's my number four movie of the year um so far out of 40 so that's it's not bad um my best movie of the year so far is uh, a little movie called after yang and i Can't remember if we did a full segment on it or we just kind of mentioned it in the Sundance uh, section, but excellent movie um, really deals with the nuance of grief and just humanity in general. It's uh, it's definitely a thinker of a movie. Uh, My greatest endorsement of it is that Cody gave it three stars out of five on Letterboxd. So (laughs) (laughs) after Yang, excellent stuff.
1: Yeah, I um, definitely would recommend that one too. It's it's very good.
0: Yeah, it's it's excellent. So okay, uh worst movie of the year. What do you have so far?
1: Uh it's Morbin time. Sir for sure.
0: Sir, please. Morbius. <laughs> Morbius. <laughs> Don't act like you weren't one of the few that went to see the re-release yeah. <laughs> of Morbius. Yeah, one ticket for 85000 dollars please. <laughs> yes, that was definitely you. <laughs> It's always morbid time uh morbius is my uh third least favorite movie of the year so i'm I'm with you just a massive a film, but you know it really says something about you that your worst film wasn't the same as mine. The secrets of Dumbledore fantastic beasts uh not to mention we didn't do this one on the uh the podcast, so mm-hmm. we can just talk about briefly how terrible this movie is but uh all the awful j k Rowlingness aside. This movie is just incomprehensibly stupid. Uh, it's essentially about finding a magical deer that's going to decide uh, the election of the next like president of the Wizards UN. It's, it's insanely dumb. Uh, there's really no purpose to
1: it. Uh, yeah, it's a really awful, wretched movie. And you paid for this. You paid to watch this. I, unfortunately, I did. <laughs> unfortunately,
0: I did. I wasn't even going to see it, but some friends wanted to see it and invited me. So I, I went for that and, you know, d- had a few beers at the movie theater. Uh, that was really the the whole goal. Do you have any anything to say about uh, Dumbledore? And do you want to defend yourself to, um, you know, the whole LGBTQ community for uh, not having it as your worst movie of the year?
1: Um, it's pretty bad. It's <laughs> it's pretty awful. Uh, I think it's a toss-up between between um, Secrets of Dumbledore and Morbius for like which one's more incoherent. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm a little bit more lenient on Secrets of Dumbledore because it's uh the last one in a trilogy. Is um, it though? There's supposed to be like two more movies if they get greenlit. Yeah, I mean. The climate around <laughs> <laughs> around that franchise is uh a bit hostile right now, deservedly so yep um it's a bit uh it's a bit radioactive, and yeah i think um it's just bad i i don't even know if it's if it's like worth the discourse around it, and so i think it really is it made no impact like either no one
0: saw it or no one cared
1: yeah, so like selecting it as the worst would also be a form of notoriety, which I think belongs to Morbius. Touche. The worst
0: thing I can say about this movie is that Cody gave it three stars. (laughs) 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 Um, Anyway, moving on, let's, uh, let's go back to a more positive note here. Uh, We're each going to pick a couple of movies that, uh, you know, maybe didn't get seen quite as much or don't have the notoriety to speak of. What, uh, what do you want to start with as far as underseen movies that you think deserve a shout out?
1: Well, so I have two picks here. Um, one actually hasn't released yet, but it's set for a release date on the 17th via Apple TV. And that's yep. um, Cha-Cha Real Smooth. Very good film. The sophomore effort from writer-director Cooper Rafe, who I'm a big fan of. Uh, and then the second movie I have is a really underseen one, I think, because it got a very limited release here is called um we are all going to the world's fair and this is from director jane schoenbrunn uh and it's kind of this weird like psychological horror um so i think i'll start there because that's definitely the smaller uh feature um this this movie is kind of the tale of a young girl um it's kind of a, a coming of age story in the internet age where this girl is participating in this online phenomenon, um, horror interactive game called Uh, We're All Going to the World's Fair, and it's kind of like Gen Z Bloody Mary, where you recite this, you know, this phrase where I, I want to go to the World's Fair, um, three times into your webcam and then you watch this trippy video and then you're inducted into the game and other players um, are uploading creepy videos and you make your own videos. And so that follows the story of this, this young girl participating in the game who develops a relationship with another player um, who's kind of much older and is like trying to like mentor her. It's, it's very Sounds creepy strange. Yeah, it is. And, and, um, I don't know, it's kind of this, this meditation on, um, internet culture, the intersection between like internet culture and screen time and like mental health, especially in young people, Mm -hmm. uh, it's def. it wasn't my favorite I think I gave it only three stars and it's probably more of like a maybe like a two eight pushing two nine um I think there's some things that are worth um consideration and like i I don't think it's uh entirely bad or anything like that just maybe i did i didn't connect with it um as much, but it's definitely something like i think movies like this are kind of the just the start of this conversation and i think there's an interesting direction um a thread to be pulled and and explored there um and i'll definitely check out whatever this director does next because it's definitely uh very creepy and very atmospheric (laughs) which i I tend to like in these kind of you know psychological horrors
0: yeah i think that's why you see a lot of directors i would do you know if this was i'm not sure who the director on that film was but do you know if this was their debut was
1: uh yes this yeah this was their fe- their first uh, feature
0: all right so my point stands the uh i think horror or at least horror adjacent can be a good entry point for a lot of directors because so much of it is in building atmosphere so it gives you a chance to appeal to a a, a certain audience that's going to come out for a horror movie in general but also show off your chops in terms of like creating atmosphere and tension and that kind of thing. Uh, use some filmmaking skills. I I don't know. I just tend to notice that a lot of times debut films seem to be in the horror realm and maybe that's a subject for a a different segment, uh, one day, but
1: yeah, I think we, I think we did touch on that a little bit. Um, and I mean, this is maybe a deep cut for Spin the real, but when we did uh St. Maude and we were talking mm. about like Rose glass. Yep. Or maybe some other horror feature that we saw.
0: Cody and I did one too. I want to say where we talked about like Jordan Peele and mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't Robert Eggers, but, um, Ari Aster, you know, some of these like prestige horror kind of things.
1: Yeah. Even like David Fincher, right. With like alien three. Sure. Um, but yeah, the, the director's name again is Jane Schoenbrunn. uh, and uh, I'll definitely see whatever they decide to do next.
0: Awesome. Uh yeah, I think those are good recommendations. I want to um I do want to see we're all going to the world's fair at some point when I get the uh the opportunity. And actually Cha Cha Real Smooth, excellent film we we touched on previously. Did um we- I think we did. I think we mentioned it in the roundup from like Sundance hmm. on an episode, but uh I'm sure we'll do a whole thing about it when it actually releases. And I actually just realized it wasn't on my list. So there it is now sitting at number five on the year. So thank you nice. for that. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to cheat a little bit here. I actually have three movies, but I'm going to, I'm going to group two of them together. So first thing I'm going to start out with is a film called hit the road. And this is a movie by uh, director Pana Panahi, uh, who is the son of Jafar Panahi, um, who is the, the famous, maybe infamous Iranian, uh, director who was actually banished from his own country for ser- speaking out against, um, some of the cultural things, uh, going on in that, in that country. And th- this is a movie. It's, uh, like I said, it's called Hit the Road. And it's a, it's a road trip movie, as you might imagine, about this family who is trying to get to the border to get their son out of the, out of, out of Iran for, um, Undisclosed reasons, but it's, it's pretty heavily, um, implied that it's because the, the kid is gay and that they want to, uh, get him out of the country to spare him from, uh, retribution from the, the state. And it's, uh, as heavy as that sounds, talking about it there, it's actually a really fun movie. It's really about family dynamics and, uh, this family just has such a, an entertaining dynamic to it. They're, uh, they have their inside jokes and they're, uh, constantly ragging on each other. Uh, each character is, you know, they care for each other, but they're also funny and sarcastic. Uh, this is something that we saw at, uh, AFI Fest, or at least I did, um, last year. And it has just now been released in the U.S. and, if you can find it in theaters somewhere, I recommend seeing it. If not, uh, I'm sure it will be on demand uh, soon. But it, it's fantastic. It's it's a lot of fun and uh, and pretty entertaining.
1: Yeah, it's definitely one I want to see. Um, and I remember when you when you saw it the first time at AFI, and when we were kind of planning our our, AF, our AFI trip uh, last year, that was one that I that I would have liked to see, but I didn't get around to that time. So when it is available, that's the one that I'm definitely going to be. It's going to be at the top of my list.
0: Yeah. It's sitting at number two for me this year right now. Um, And then the other two that I'm going to kind of group together are another two movies that I saw at AFI Fest that have now released in the U S those are movies called uh, Lingui, the sacred bonds, um, which, (laughs) Is a movie out of Chad, the country of Chad, um, and a French movie called Happening. Uh, again, these are both AFI films and they're both about, uh, women who get pregnant and are living in a society that has outlawed abortion. And so, you know, Cody's not here, so we can get the political all we want. Uh, but with uh, the recent, in a leaked opinion that seems to indicate yeah exactly very topical that uh roe v wade is going to be overturned imminently i think some of these movies depicting not just uh the difficulty of access to abortion but the the outright criminalization of it are going to be even more poignant in the, uh, in the coming months. And both of these films uh, Lingui, I think is a little bit better film than happening, but both are in my top 15 uh, of the year. So far are uh, really impressive films about not just uh, like the, you know, cruelty of uh, criminalizing women's bodies, but of also the kindness that people can show each other uh, when they're going through crisis. So each of these movies don't have to get into it too much. I think happening is in a brief theatrical run still currently uh, probably will be available uh, on VOD soon. Uh, Lingui, the sacred bonds is available on Mubi M U B I the streaming service. But I think both of them are, more relevant and important here in the United States than, you know, maybe at any point previously. Uh, but they're both really good, nuanced, tender um, depictions of what some, uh, some of these women go through um, or, or went through in these other countries. And I think a lot of it translates here and I think it's an important subject to look at. So that my second movie pick is these two movies that kind of touch on the same subject.
1: Yeah, uh very much agree. Another set of films that we talked about um that I didn't get around to but are are also on my list uh as international features that I I want to check out. Um I think we've kind of I feel like there's been a bit of an influx of that kind of story being told mm-hmm. like that there's more visibility on it and then yeah sure now
0: in the us too unpregnant was pretty popular on hbo max last year um never rarely sometimes always yep, was sort of an I indie mind. hit yeah
1: yeah um and yeah that's uh super important it's kind of rough to hear these days, isn't it? I know, right?
0: There's so many uh, things that are uh, just
1: or, or unlimited or depression. Here in in the United States of America.
0: Yes, we've got multiple crises facing us at all moments.
1: On a lighter note, returning to um, Cha-Cha Real Smooth real quick. Uh, again, releasing next week. Um, I was very excited to watch this one. This one premiered at Sundance, right? uh it did yes um, that's correct yeah. and like i said like i mentioned off the top i'm a big fan of of cooper 8th and his uh directorial debut with um, shit house which is just mm-hmm. a lovely 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 movie it
0: is uh, you very counter to what you would think given the title
1: yeah it it seems like it's going to be kind of like you know the the title alone and maybe even the premise of a of a young guy at college Seems more like, a, you know, like in the realm of like a teen sex comedy or something like that, like Super Bad or even some, maybe something like Book Smart, but um, it's a lot more grounded and very touching. Mm-hmm. And um, it's nice to see like a young guy not afraid to be emotional. I mean, I'm talking a lot about Shithouse, even though I started this by bringing up Chacha <laughs> Real Smooth, but Chacha Real Smooth again being his sophomore effort is a very much a spiritual successor to to shithouse and aware. you could
0: very much see the protagonist from House being the character in uh
1: yeah in it, real and, smooth. and it's and it's uh it you yeah you could literally put shithouse on and then right after pick up with Cha real smooth and even though they have different you know the protagonists have different names it's basically a, a continuation of story where he, he's he's the the protagonist in Cha-Cha Real Smooth, Andrew, has just come back from college um, and ends up kind of like falling backwards into a job as like a party hype man for yep. bar mitzvahs. It's it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's a very fun movie. Again, another just like a very heartwarming and has such like a, a powerful, like emotional core to it. Um it's it's very good. Dakota Johnson's very good in it. it. Kind of everyone. Leslie Mann. Don't even need to say uh, that. She's good in everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh and what's the guy's name? Brad Brad Garrett even is he's it? so it's such a funny dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very funny. Um he kind of, you know, he develops this uh illicit relationship with, with Dakota Johnson who is engaged, I believe. Um Yeah, I think so- that's right a bit infatuated with her but also at the same time develops a very like sweet relationship with her daughter who has autism Mm -hmm. and 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 the the girl playing her is autistic herself
0: and that is uh, uh i think a very nice touch to um try and be inclusive in that way
1: yeah Very, very good movie. I'm excited to watch it again when it's available on Apple. Same.
0: And I think something
1: about Cooper Rafe's
0: filmography is that despite the subjects, like you said, being able to look at those plot descriptions and say like, oh, that could be, you know, kind of bro culture or whatever, you know, with Shithouse especially. But there's just such a core niceness to the film. And it's just about people who are trying their best and trying to do right by other people that I don't know that we've seen a lot of lately. And with everything being so, I don't know, downtrodden in the world. And so, so much despair, it's actually kind of nice to not watch the, you know, 48th movie about the pandemic or whatever. It's kind of nice to just watch people trying to be kind to each other and help each other. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. I like, I, I don't know. I just found it sort of refreshing even though it's not the lightest of films.
1: Yeah. I, I, I very much agree. There's kind of a youthful optimism to it all.
0: Yeah. It's a great film. Uh, excited for it to come out. Uh, speaking of films to come out, we have uh one more thing to do here in this last segment, Zach, um, do you have a film that you're really looking forward to uh, coming out in the near future, maybe at the end of the year?
1: Uh, there's a couple, I think, you know, I'm excited for like the next Marvel releases. Um, but I think probably going into this summer season, uh, what I'm most excited for is going to be um, Nope, the next uh, entry by Jordan Peele. Solid to pick. Both I loved both Get Out and Us. Um, I'm very excited to see... Uh, what this one is going to. Good cast. Yeah. I, I love Stephen Yeun as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Kiki Palmer, right? Um, yeah. It looks
0: excellent like trailer.
1: Fun. Yeah. It looks like fun. Um, maybe <laughs> it could be horrifying, but right. It's Jordan Peele and I'm very excited for it.
0: And he's taking his time to put it out. I, I saw a tweet earlier that was like, uh, much like licorice pizza. Nope has a, a perfect trailer that you almost don't even need the movie to exist. Like it will exist in the memory of people just from that excellent trailer. And yeah, it does. And like, I I have faith in Jordan Peele to to deliver on that.
1: Liquor Speaks is definitely one of the best trailers of last year. Yeah. It's really good. And then, and it It followed up, it backed it up. It was a good, good film. Um, Yeah. No. Yeah. I I very much agree with that. Also it's, it's his, he's reuniting with uh, Daniel Kalea on this. So Mm -hmm. yeah, very excited to see his take on, on aliens
0: that's a uh, academy award winner and Hollywood daniel stuff, kaluuya you know
1: the kind of uh, yeah absolutely
0: and yeah. what was the story with him too he has like some personal trainer or something that has taken over his life
1: yeah some kind of
0: like spiritual advisor
1: i think yeah something like that yeah. interesting yeah. very strange
0: maybe that's the subject of the next jordan Peele movie he's all right <laughs> <Hope it's laughs> um, well i'm sure he's fine um what about yeah. you yeah that is a good pick. Uh, I was tempted to go with uh, James Gray's Armageddon Time, um, an autofiction type film, uh, especially on the heels of Ad Astra, which is a film I really enjoyed. But something I'm really, I don't know, maybe not the most anticipated film for me this year, but the one I'm most interested in seeing is uh, Olivia Wilde's um, Don't Worry Darling and i'm so fascinated to see this because booksmart was such a sensation. It's a movie i've seen <laughs> dozens of times at this point. uh jeez. Exactly, it's a sensation. Um my roommate watches this movie like once a week. It's um it's such a smash hit of a of a film so funny. So many great directorial uh decisions in this. But Olivia Wilde didn't write the movie. And I don't think she wrote Don't Worry Darling either. She might be a co-writer on it. I'm not entirely sure. But I'm very interested in seeing how Harry she Styles. transitions that success into something else. Harry Styles is one of the leads, uh, which <laughs> I think is interesting. I think Harry Styles is another one of those guys that just has unlimited charisma.
1: Yeah, he's um, magnetic, isn't he?
0: Yeah. And I don't even know that he needs to be a good actor to be able to like, to, uh, I, I don't know, helm a film, but I'm just so much about this movie. Again, Harry Styles in the lead, Olivia Wilde in her follow up to Book Smart in a very different type of movie, Florence Pugh in anything. Um, I'm just fascinated to see how this movie turns out and the trailer looks good. Uh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm really intrigued to see how Don't Worry Darling comes out.
1: Yeah, I, I think those are all good points. Um, very good cast, you know, even the, even the supporting cast. Chris Pine. The there, Chris Pine. I think Olivia Wilde's in it. Yeah. Uh, who could forget Nick Kroll. Nick um, Kroll, man. Okay. <laughs> um. But yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's another one that I'm I'm looking forward to as well. Very interested in seeing how that goes.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, I think we're going to have a lot of interesting things coming out the rest of the year. I think, uh, Spielberg has got another movie coming out this year, uh, his own sort of auto fiction, uh, which will be interesting. You mentioned it, uh, off the air, but you know, live action Pinocchio. <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: no. Starring Tom Hanks. So, bon-fiction. well, there's another one starring Tom Hanks that I'm even more excited for. Elvis baby dude I cannot imagine that movie is any good Baz Luhrmann is you know an interesting filmmaker yes I'm not uh, yeah, I am very mixed on Baz Luhrmann but uh, whether it's a train I don't even know that or, I'm mixed on him at this point man like or I team. I did not care for
0: uh the great Gatsby um Romeo plus Juliet didn't really do much for me either um I don't know man
1: <laughs> yeah yeah we'll see we'll see because i mean he he did moulin rouge too which is probably like his his most famous movie i would say um oh, you don't think romeo and juliet is his most famous movie over moulin rouge i don't know i, I think, think it might be romeo did, romeo and did, did juliet he do les mis too little, Was that him a little before our time no um no 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 it wasn't him He did Gatsby, Romeo and Juliet, Milan Rouge, Australia.
0: Australia. Okay. Fair enough. Nicole Kidman.
1: Yeah. Hugh Jackman.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Two Australians.
1: Indeed. Indeed.
0: Lives up to the title. Anyway, (laughs) we've rambled on plenty here. Uh, movies. They're exciting and good and sometimes bad. Gotta love them. Especially when you let J.K. Rowling be involved.
1: Yeah, we should stop that one.
0: All right, Zach, that is going to do it for this week's episode of Spinning the Real. Uh, Yeah, just good times. Go see Top Gun. Go see uh, Cha-Cha Real Smooth and everything everywhere all at once. Uh, don't go see Morbius. Don't go see The Secrets of Dumbledore. Uh, anything you want to plug here?
1: Just Letterbox painted underscore dog. That's really all I'm moving with these days.
0: It's a solid one. You can find anything spinning the reel um, at our uh, home base of spinning the reel—that's that's dot com. uh i have not written anything for that website in some time i've been so busy i haven't watched many movies so how would i write about them uh but hopefully i can get back to that at some point i don't know uh you can follow me at um evan d26 on letterboxd yeah i don't know that's uh That's it, I guess. Uh, Next week, uh, what are we talking about, Zach? Do you have any idea?
1: Jurassic World, maybe?
0: Jurassic World. We can talk about Crimes of the Future as well.
1: Yeah, Crimes of the Future. That will be an interesting one.
0: So look for that in the future. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you all next week.